Welcome back to Dance Planning. We have a super special guest today. Obviously, after doing stalking, there's so much shit that you've done. Columnist, author, caption queen, social mm. media superstar, social media mm. superstar, and photographer. Lol. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna take it back there. Yes. We've got to start off with our. Well, question. Raven Smith. It's, it's Raven Smith for oh, those of you who can't see Raven. <laughs> or read the title. Take a few pictures. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Danny. Hello, Raven. Yeah. How did you know each other? Sir, do you remember how we first met? No. You had me on your <laughs> podcast. It was me and oh Bear Garnet. Oh my God. Sir. I do remember. You know, before we got there, before, you know, you go, both were like gallivanting around by Radar and Brown's parties. Mm. We'll take it back. <laughs> we'll take it back to your days as a photographer studying at UAL where so many of our guests <laughs> learn their craft. What were you doing at uni? What were you wearing? Were you going full art school? Oh, was I going for art school? Oh, I don't even know. This was at a time when going to university cost tuppence. So I, <laughs> I spent all my money on Clyde. I was studying photography. The Libertines were topping the charts. Uh, Is this going to be another indie sleaze? No, sweet. I mean, I was indie sleazy, but I wasn't like that sleazy. I had like black Converse, classic. Yeah. Shoes, not boots, and never wear boots. Just not fair on my lovely legs. <laughs> Don't like to don't like to mess with the elongation. <laughs> it's like genuine. You know, don't, you must have like stupid rules you have for yourself, and you're like, that's just not something I would do. That's how I feel about boots. They look fine, but they turn yeah. my pony's legs into sort of nags' legs. Don't love it for me. <laughs> uh, so Converse shoes, very very skinny top shop top shop jeans that I took in to make even skinnier, and oh, then like charity shop shirts that I just. Just big and like granddad shirts. And the one thing that I remember cool. is the hat. Oh, well, Especially which hat? Is. I have been like a merchant of hats for as long as I remember. And I, like, I've just always been like very hair conscious. And just so I started wearing hats at like sixth form. And then I ha just moved from transition from hat to hat. Never really had a break. <laughs> when you're saying like the indie sleeves without the sleeves, that's what I'm kind of picturing where it's the, the blue and white kind of striped. Oh, yeah. So uh, when I first met my husband, I was trying to get ready to go out for a date with him and I was like I don't know what to wear and he's like you all you own is blue and white striped t-shirts <laughs> it was like that it was like a hangover from like peak Alexa Chung yeah sitting on a speaker at every party I went to and it what, was it like freshly squeezed and tin yeah tin? and it was like pony girl Glastonbury in the city which is something <laughs> like, it's not meant to be rude <laughs> no, it's, it's a great but it is but it, a, that was the vibe right everyone yeah. had like a messy ponytail and a barber jacket and little wellies and I just think wellies in the city is not not acceptable it just it's for the it's for the it's for the great outdoors so you know you study photography yeah and then you're like fuck it I'm gonna go be a journalist well sure <laughs> yes no I studied photography I graduated I had absolutely no game plan I went to New York for th three months on a tourist visa and I just was like oh I want to live in New York and be a cool man about town the day I came back my mom was like what are you gonna do with your life and I was like I just want to be a man about town and she looked at me like you're a fucking knob like can you imagine like your 21 year old son just being like I just want to be no being around and about uh, just and, me. Yes. <laughs> and then when I came back I had nothing so I just got my act together a lot better and I started doing picture researching gigs and I ended up at Dazed doing picture research something they were launching called Nowness which turned oh, yes. into a kind of a 10 year stint where I became commissioning director and we pivoted to video like everyone did in 2012 or whenever it was uh, so we ended up doing a film a day every day for about Bloody four hell. or five years yeah it was, it was a big job yeah what did you wear to the interview? 
Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'd been working in like book publishing and I took all my books with me that I'd picture edited. And then I just remember Jefferson Hack said to me, like, what is the one thing that you're going to bring to this? And I, my mind was completely blank. And I went, I love to compromise. <laughs> <laughs> like the worst thing ever. Cool. It worked cool, out. man. What a great <laughs> skill. Anyway, I got the job. And, uh, you've had like quite a varied career in regards to like what you have like written about. Yeah. But I suppose the, the sort of through line is actually just like your taste. Whether mm-hmm. that be now as a yeah. commissioning director, mm. writing by style, culture. I mean, your Instagram and Twitter just blowing up as well. Yeah. It's your take. Yeah, I think so. I think I've, it's always just... I've always been good at like just seeing what's in front of me and making a good judgment on it. I've been, I'm very bad at planning. Be, like I don't really have a five year plan. It's a bit like on the, on the apprentice when they say smell what sells. I can smell what's selling. <laughs> so when I was doing this picture research stuff, I could tell what was going to advance yeah, me in you're that. Adaptable. Yeah. And I, and, and I scaled it to a certain, well, I, yeah, I was, you know, top of my game doing that and I loved it. And when I left, I think someone said to me, when you go freelance, just say yes to everything for two years and then yeah. see what your career is at the end of it and what happened was I did a couple of like exit interviews with different magazines and I really enjoyed typing answers to the questions and then more and more people were just asking me to write stuff and that is why I'm a writer that is literally it it was not a plan fucking hell not at all so I had a really ill-fated column in a magazine (laughs) Uh, and I was such a precious writer I was like I'm gonna be really spiky and spicy and fight and like I was quite aggy and I think (laughs) the confidence comes from like just doing it more and more and realizing like your services to the reader really rather than to yourself and I think the more that I'm like come in let's have a laugh the easier it gets yeah. for me to write stuff and the more kind of like the better the response what's been like the favourite piece you've written then like what's your kind of forte what do you enjoy doing the most it's really difficult because there's something really nice about sitting down on a Wednesday talking to my Vogue editor saying what I'm going to write about and delivering something within three hours and then it's just up and out and yeah. it, there's it's much less precious sometimes it's personal sometimes it's like I'm just going to try and say what's just happened in the news sometimes it's like here's what I actually think about what's happened in the news like Making that on a very quick rotation keeps you very like buoyant as a writer. Writing yeah. books is like you pitch the thing and then it lives around you like a bad smell for two years. And it comes out and you're just like lugging it around you. You can't really tell people a lot about it. <laughs> I mean, it's I horrible. Gonna, I was going to ask this later because, you know, the uh, your book, yeah. the cover's amazing. Thank you. I want to get into how you picked that book. It's in my pocket. <laughs> there we go. Plug. But the, co- the, co- <laughs> the cover's amazing. But like, what point do you decide on the cover? And at that point, you just like, Oh fuck yeah. this! I can't be asked. It's it awful. Anymore. Covers yeah. the worst thing because you everyone obviously judges the book by its cover. We had a nightmare with the paperback of this. When you have written a book and it's uh, this men is a mem- memoir. Nice. Um, uh, <laughs> it's really hard to be like, what is the one thing from this that could visually represent the whole the whole of my life? <laughs> right. Clicked for me now. Yeah. And also lines that I've loved writing aren't necessarily the best things for it. For the first book, the the graphic designer in house at my publishers literally just sent that cover and I was like that's it no tweaks and we never went near it again yeah I mean it's great and it's phallic yeah and it's phallic it's actually a great cover for men and that's why we had so much trouble kind of trying to move away from a phallic thing and then coming back to something quite phallic <laughs> It's really, really difficult. And actually, for me, the most important thing is that it's cool, which is not a great, not a great um, <laughs> brief for a designer. Make it really cool. You know that first time you wrote something that was like an opinion piece? Yeah. Were you worried? Like, 
who's going to care what I have to say? Or by that stage, you're like, no, I'm, I'm confident. Oh, when was my first opinion piece? I don't know. I wrote for British Vogue and I wrote a column called Friday Night with Raven Smith. And we, I used to just go to nice places and then report back. And I think Friday night's a great night because it's you're still, you're working, but then the night is the night and then the next day is yours. So mm. I always, felt, always feel Friday nights are exciting. So I wrote that for a while and then I started reporting back from the week. So we did like cultural pop moments throughout the week. What's, what's buzzy? What's happening? And I really enjoyed that but I was still a very punchy 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 writer and then when I went to the Sunday Times style I was encouraged to just talk more personally about things that had happened to me and in the press for the first book there's a few personal stories in that first book but it's much more of a dance around like what can I say about being tall what can I say about emails <laughs> it's like, like it's, living in your head <laughs> yeah it's really like yeah and it's very it feels very like 2019 like how we were before the pandemic when we mm. were like living at a thousand miles an hour so I think you feel that in the first book and I think for the Observer, I wrote a piece about my dad to do press for it, and it just flipped the switch for me in terms of like, just say what happened without trying to be elusive. No, funny. (laughs) Well, that that was without trying to be funny or engaging. Just say it. A lot of people say you are the funniest man on the internet. So for you though, who is the funniest person on the internet? Oh gosh, what a good question. (laughs) I always feel like my funny things are just like in my feed, but it's not one person. Yeah, I feel like it's like a team effort. Yeah. Like, what is your newsfeed full of? My newsfeed is full of, like, men doing yoga. <laughs> 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 I deleted all, all like, the, 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 the little horny ones. I just started to be like, I don't want this anymore. Because yeah. I don't feel sexy being on my phone. <laughs> it's making me feel not good. <laughs> Who is the funniest person on the internet? I don't know. I just love, like, a random, very funny tweet from someone who, like, doesn't really do that many tweets. Yeah. So are you Twitter over Instagram? I think Instagram is my is my medium, but I yeah. was raised on Twitter. Yeah. So I can never let it go. My friend's like, it's over. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I don't care. I was wondering, well, off topic. Yeah. So when it comes to books, <laughs> Men came out last year. Yeah. But then you've released it as a paperback now. So, so yeah. what is the significance between like a, a paperback and a hardback? It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> But it's based on like once you've sold a certain amount of units, you can go. Is that no, right? you do hardback paperback is is a for, is part of your deal, and it's it comes out like a year after. I think basically p- people tend to buy humorous books in February, so we moved the paperback to February oh, for the first that's book. Interesting. Who knew that insight? My yeah. my people at my place, uh, and then this the reason part of the reason we had so much to and froing on this cover because the paperbacks are paperback. Either you love me, you've bought the foot, the hardback, and then the paperbacks actually to just try and get it to people that haven't that don't haven't or aren't already yeah. kind of like sold yeah. into what I'm trying to say but because it's coming out in the states Oh, this right. year Brilliant. so there's been a big push to like make a an American cover that feels like I was ah, like imagine the back yeah. pages of the New Yorker and the reviews there could you see this this cover there and they were like this isn't a brief Raven <laughs> <laughs> and I was like imagine me dressed delightfully walking around the town and they're like this isn't a brief <laughs> it's one of those it was crazy how, how was it promoting a book in lockdown versus now doing one in the free world it was a piece of piss it turns out i was full of existential (laughs) dread the first book i think my book came out three weeks into lockdown so all of my events cancelled and we were like maybe maybe we'll be out of lockdown by then and they were like 
We don't know, man. Yeah. I forgot about all the uncertainty of it. I think if someone was just like, it's this much time, I would have been like, cool. But yeah. it was just like, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. So I did a lot of like down in talking into my phone to lots of people. <laughs> it was like Instagram live, but like lots of people were on it. No, but it was fine. No, because the first three weeks people were watching them. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it's, that was such a uniquely weird social media mm. lockdown thing where if somebody, we, if we got briefed out saying, we want you to do an Instagram live, we'd be like, Sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the engagement was so high. So I was doing a lot of that and then coming off those, going on house party with my mates. I oh, mean, like a very hell, yeah. specific pocket of time. Uh, and then the book was a bestseller, which was great. And to celebrate, I went for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I could do to get out. I, was, I stood in a queue at, outside Gales. So <laughs> that was me. <laughs> uh, but now you're out, I suppose you've got events, you're doing things like this, you know, yes. you're seeing people. Do you kind of wish you could just sit and do it over Zoom? No. I love being around people. It is literally the best thing that's ever happened to me, hanging out with other people and chatting to them. I think that's the thing about writing. You are essentially alone, being very introvert and writing, but trying to be your, the most extrovert you've ever been on the page. It's yeah. like this double... But I'm sitting in silence typing, being like, <laughs> be really big here. Oh. So I, I love that. But And then when you go out, you just get to be big. Yeah, it's well, great. What is your like process? Is it voice notes throughout the day and then you go home and you listen them back and then transcri uh, transcribe it. First book, I did a lot of voice notes. I had this app that transcribes what you say. And if you start talking about a subject after about four minutes, you start to say interesting things, <laughs> I found. It's all part of the same, I don't know, tapestry, really. I compulsively take notes of like passing thoughts. And then <laughs> I have a big document of notes and if on a very good day, I don't need the document at all and I just write. Yeah. And when I'm stuck, I'm like, let's, what about those funny lines I had? <laughs> uh, and I think book stuff, when, because you get stuck quite a lot, it's quite knotty. It's quite good to have this thing that's like, remember when you took Viagra on Coney Island? And then you're like, wait, I can do 500 words on that. Like, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah, getting in the mood for it. Yeah. So like, how much did you write in total, would you say, to then strip it back down for the book? So book... One, yada, yada, yada. Book two, I had been sitting on my own for nine months on lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And I went to Berlin and I wrote 40,000 words in a what month. It was yellow. fucking, it flew out because I'd just been thinking for, yeah. for so long. <laughs> so it wasn't like, what's going to be in this book? It was like, I just need to get this on paper. Yeah. Uh, and then the second innings, uh, Angela Merkel shut Germany. And I think I ended up in like West London writing. This girl, I was like, has anyone got anywhere to stay? I can write and this guy's like my dad's got a flat in West London so I moved to West London <laughs> I was like eating in the West Way it was crazy yeah. eating in the West Way yeah <laughs> under the West Way yeah. I was living under the West Way the first book the editing was so rough because I was so spiralling sprawling in my writing and like this idea that idea tangent 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 yeah and I'd learnt to be much more kind of like staying on point and talk and, and delivering what I'm saying I'm going to deliver in the chapter title whatever it is uh, and I think I was really tough on myself in the first edit, and yeah. it was, that was pretty much the book. Like, you're well known for social media, which we'll come on to. Mm -hmm. That's like, true you, unedited. Mm -hmm. But how do you deal with the critiques of editors then? Because you're so used to being lauded for who you it's, are. I get critiques on social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you work for a magazine, editors are, are, are very particular. So they've sold you in to their team and they're looking for the piece that delivers to what they've sold in and what they've said it's going to be about. It's a really good, it was in the broadsheets when I was at the Sunday Times style, especially I was, they were really rigorous and it taught me to, I'm that rigorous with my 
own writing now because I imagine that voice. But if there's anyone's voice I remember in my head, it's this guy that I really fucking hate. <laughs> He's the one that I'm like... Do we know yeah, them? I can hear it? him. I can hear that fucker. <laughs> it's like, the, I think a lot of writers are writing for that person that doesn't like their writing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly seeking approval, basically. Like, I, you're like, critique be damned. So I can still hear that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I think for the first book, you're never meant to read your Amazon reviews. And obviously I read them all. And it was like... <laughs> What's the funniest one you've got? Oh, it was like, this sounds like a drunk person about to pass out at a pub. <laughs> it's in the second book. <laughs> and I think I learn, I think from reading that, even though you're not meant to read them because people writing Amazon reviews aren't necessarily the critics you want. Like yeah, this woman had sure. written that and she'd also like reviewed like a clothing peg line. Like a horse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, she's not the London Review of Books. Uh, but I just, I was like, I can really ramble and what I learned from that was like just just say it stay yeah. on point and okay. it all came together in the second book for sure so we have a question that we ask all of our guests yeah very off topic yeah. um what has been the worst outfit you've worn or the worst trend you've been part of the thing is for me is I feel like I wear the trend before it's trendy but then when you look at the pictures <laughs> you're like there's that what a trendy little fucker <laughs> um six form I wore a white flat cap from M&S and I had like, it was oh, no. like sort of like Hangover Run DMC, like reprise, not original. <laughs> so I had like shell toes fine. Yeah. Really, really baggy jeans. And then like a, like a, like a, like an Adidas top. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Like Actually, that just reminded me. Go on. And I would wear like a jumper and a, and a blazer. <laughs> But it was cool. I was reading the face a lot. <laughs> right. I had a, like a tennis wristband as well. And it, like it a was, sweatband? Yeah, and Fuck it was legit up. with a flat cap. Good it was Lord. legit. So moving into the present, yes. I think we need to talk about social media. We yep. talk about memes and need to talk about your captions. Okay. Yes. So when did the memes start? Oh, good question. When I first started doing Instagram in that beginning early-ish time of Nowness, and it was very like, Nowness was sort of a proposition to see if luxury could move online. P people weren't, were like, Louis Vuitton's never going to be online. Like it was very like, oh. how do brands pivot into an online space where everyone is like a low rent blogger. And I mean that in the nicest <laughs> possible way. Like it felt very renegade. Days Digital was like scrappy. It was meant to be. And it was like, can brands do it? So we were trying to build this space that felt very rarefied and refined and like a, a place to stop while the internet is moving really fast. I had this big analogy about the internet being like chicken nuggets, like fast food and trying and like the slow food movement is born from the fast food movement and the, the idea was that you yeah. could be nourished by slow internetting so most of my instagram posts were like quite like sensible and then i just started i don't know what changed it just became <laughs> not the internet changed as well it got cheaper and cheaper and we, i kept trying to do these posts that were like timely like hit how you feel right now and timeless that you could look at them in a year and they'd still feel relevant and yeah. then i just stopped caring about being relevant in a year and just started being like i just need i just want to hit the moment yeah. And that was it. And then away I went. I did three posts a day. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy for about two years. I had um, oh. access to the Nowness Instagram. So I used to regram myself and I would just... <laughs> when the numbers! <laughs> you need a broadcaster. Like, I, like, I, like obviously being so integral into like building a website and a brand from such an early age i just have natural instincts to like build yeah and i just used it all the time on instagram i was like build 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 build, build. chat 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 do look boop, boop. no way it went that's it <laughs> what was the growth like then like yeah what was that big hack yeah it was 
it was moving slowly and I was getting like four or 500 new followers every time I regrammed myself on the Nana's account. And then, like, but once you're in, once people were in, they were in, it was fine. Yeah. Like good quality, basically you make good quality content, but you need a t- another, it's a bit like, <laughs> I don't know why I keep talking about The Apprentice, but you need <laughs> a strategy for the tasks and a strategy for the boardroom. It's not the same thing. Yeah. So I, so my strategy was like, can I make these like, can I just hit the cultural moment three times a day and just say something that everyone is feeling right now? That is yeah. still true in like how I operate. I'm trying to hit the how we feel right now today in this moment, right? So I'm still doing that. And then I had a strategy of like chatting to people, sharing content, shit like that. Are you in like, there's like a meme, an underground meme. Uh, no. Like <laughs> fucking things. It's like Glenn, uh, Paul Dan official. There's yeah. Stern Allen Patch. There's loads of other. That's them. all Glenn, isn't it? <laughs> I think that, I Here think are Glenn's three accounts. Even <laughs> <laughs> Tony's just sharing memes. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, Tony as well. Like. But I was mean, like, for the London, like, you, Glenn, Tony especially. Yeah. Is there a kind of. Lol, so we sound like the Golden Girls. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is there a kind of, like, mutual respect where you see each other? It's like. Oh, yeah. I guess so. For me, it's just like. I'm not competitive about it. Yeah. My goal is to entertain myself. But it's think- just that. It was true when I was on a bar. It was just that yeah. and when I was in an office, it was just I only had like six people around me and now I have a lot more. I think that's that's like, literally the only difference. I guess because there is like no one else really doing it like you. Like there's no one that could really do it like you because mm. it's not as if it's the images are funny. It's your brain with the captions that it's, make it. It's, Glenn does the lookalikes. Tony just does, well, fucking any memes. Yeah. But then, <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, and I've been encouraged before to like write the text on the picture so then it's easier to share and I was just like it's just not what I'm gonna no. do I just it doesn't feel real and I'm also feel like I don't want to continually try and adapt myself for an algorithm that doesn't love me back yeah <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just gonna enjoy it uh, I'll tell you what I do enjoy the caps lock as well there's something about I don't know it, where just, that came from makes me I once did one without caps lock and someone was like what are you okay yeah. <laughs> and I was like yeah sorry I don't know um, are you screenshotting the pictures going I know that I'm gonna need this yes pouch pa- picture all the time. Okay. So I have as many like one-liners written down as pictures saved on my phone, and then the perfect post, something just comes through me from above, and it just you just hit the you hit the nail on the head, and you're like, boop, that is funny. And you, then away it goes. Do you kind of have a, a bank then? Or is it literally, if you think about it and one comes, do you just post it there and I then? Or is it like... When I was, when stopped doing three posts a day, which was insane. I used to post every day at half 12 for the, like the lunchtime people going, leaving their, walking out their office. Mm. And then, so I would always try and do something about then. And now I just, when it hits, it hits. Like some, like I don't worry about posting every, I'm not worrying about growing anything. Yeah. Because honestly, the al- whatever's happened with the algorithm, it's just us girls <laughs> not growing for me. <laughs> so I'm just like, when it's funny, it's funny for people that follow me and know what yeah. I'm about. But like, there's no need to like worrying about sharing and all that stuff for yeah. me anymore. Like, do you find that it's, it's given you new opportunities? It's put you more in the spotlight? Because Glenn was saying, obviously him as a director, yeah. he just kind of posts his portfolio stuff, didn't really get much. And then as soon as he started posting his lookalikes and yeah. his memes, he Nike, went up like, by 100,000 yeah, followers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally, 100%. Have you any weird branded requests? For memes? Yeah, where someone's like, can you meme this? And like, Oh yeah, all the time. Really? Of course. What's been the worst one? End of my anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you operate within, even though you do the memes, because mm. you are a journalist and you mm-hmm. don't hide the memes in a meme account, Yeah, you operate in a luxury world. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's because your your background, where you've worked, yeah, and it's kind of you know your aesthetic as well. And actually, that's probably a good segue into clothes. Yep, because you I don't know you know you, you used to write about clothes. Yeah, you wear clothes. 
You get sent to nice I? clothes. <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, so what brands do you love at the moment? All of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm wearing Drake's today. So I love Good Drake's choice. at the moment. This shirt is Blue Blue Japan, which I bought about five years ago. And I, just, I was like, shall I get this shirt? I don't know if I should get this shirt. Shall I get this shirt? And then the next day, Harry Styles wore it. And I was like, cool. So I'm glad I've got that shirt. Harry Styles is just whacked on and thrown away. Um, I love a Uniqlo sock. Like I can't course, get out of yeah. them. What do you think makes a great event then? I'll tell you what. Just a simple menu. No one's... <laughs> do you know what I mean? I hate it when it's like the cocktails where they have like fucking seven different yeah. cocktails and each one has to be made bespoke. It's like, have some fucking beers, wines, champagnes on the side and maybe do like gin, whiskey and vodka and just have mixers. Just do... I yeah. have a feeling that brands don't actually want you to get fucking tanked at their events. <laughs> That's why they make you queue. You know That's why they don't have loads of people. They have a welcome drink, but they you can't just pick up a drink every time you want one. That's valid. I people, didn't know about that. you queue time is sober time. Yeah, <laughs> they do it on purpose. It's 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 not a wedding. <laughs> some phrase to say, but I agree. I prefer things like unfussy. I would just like yeah. a champagne and a Negroni. You know. Keep it very simple. Exactly. Less is more from, from my point of view. But I do like a good dinner. Yeah. Dinners are tricky. Dinners are tricky. Because if you get sat next to someone that's not got the chat, you are in for a two-hour ride. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've both had to live through that one, I take it, yeah? <laughs> so many times. And I can... The thing is, for a long time, I was like, I can chat to anyone. I was saying to these PRs, I can chat to fucking anyone. Yeah. I love it. And they kept sitting me with dry people. They, they <laughs> so now you wrong. I stopped saying it. I was like, sit me with someone I know, babe. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why would I force chat out when I could chat to someone? I mean, do you remember the Percival dinner? The Harry Lambert one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you bastard! <laughs> Fucking hell! We were sat next to each other, uh... and then he kept ordering shots, so Raven kept ordering shots, <laughs> and they came in this, like, almost like a tea light holder. The yeah. shot glass like a tea light holder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could hold two shots in it. So Raven would get everyone a shot, pour his shot into my glass, <laughs> fill his up with tap water and cheers it. And then just fucking, I got leathered. You were leathered. I remember I was sick outside the strip club when I got back. Oh! <laughs> so the next day you uh, grasped him as well. You're like, no, I'm only drunk as Raven's. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, you can have that. Isn't you it? like my tequila spittoon. <laughs> drinking it not for me that's not my drug me. <laughs> yeah. so oh, apart it. from getting yes. you know, free dinners free drinks shower compliments what else should you get up to on a day to day basis what's really hard about writing is juggling it with loads of other stuff you kind of have to it, you can't be writing and doing your emails you can't be writing and listening to I, I, I mean I need silence pretty much I can't have a window with like too much going on outside there's always a reason to not write yeah. so, the, so it's just being really disciplined about that which is kind of like a godsend compared to like the lack of discipline there is in just like trying on loads of different shoes at Prada. <laughs> uh, How many articles are you putting out a week? I'm doing, I do one a week for Vogue and then different, I have a column with Resi. So I write like about dining out, which is literally such a dream come true as a commission. <laughs> and then books, normally I have to retreat completely from public and private yeah. life and just live alone like a hermit with my thoughts, trying to put them in, into a Word doc. It's really like, I am terrible company. I'm really grouchy. I remember I was in Venice uh, right, <laughs> editing this, <laughs> editing men. And I was like, I'm not sure about the chapter, the order of the chapters. Should they be, there's three ways to edit a book, a memoir, chronologically, or in terms of like, 
how important the men are because chronologically Richard my husband's near the end mm. but he's probably one of the most important one of <laughs> <laughs> he's the most important man in my life so then he should be at people when yeah. people have read it they were like he doesn't come in for fucking ages and I want to know all about it and then my dad is like where does he go uh, and then there's also like I'm trying to write funny stuff and serious stuff at the same time. Do you edit yeah. it in a way that's like, here's some punchy things, or do you go, oh, let's just it's talk like about my dad saying I wasn't black enough that time. Let's just go. Let's just go for it. Yeah. So, so, and I was like, I don't know about the order. And my husband was like, why don't you sleep on it? And I was like, I've slept on it for four nights. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. This is why I'm not at home. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's impossible. You Writing a book is like getting like 400 tennis balls and throwing them all in the air and writing it is just like trying to remember what they are and catching each one and putting yeah. it in the book. It's just, it's like, it's nuts. And to have complete it is to feel victorious, genuinely yeah. victorious to finish a book. Yeah, it's was crazy. It, was it like, I'm assuming that must be your proudest achievement finishing that first book. The second one's I'm more proud of. Personal. The first one's like Lily Allen's Smile. It's a great song, but she doesn't like singing it anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's moved on. And I love my first book. It's a great gateway. Uh, but men just felt like it really speaks to like feelings rather than yeah. like... first one's tutorial fizzy. and this one was like... The first one is basically like, here's a subject that I can tell you like 15 different funny lines on, yeah. which is really stand-up-y and really fun to write. And I love it. And the second one is like... Like, let's just go to town on my relationship with every man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most, like, mind-blowing quote you got back from someone where you were like, oh, shit, this person's read it and has commented on it? I think Lena Dunham was a, was a, was a coup. I was, really, I was really proud of that one. Jonathan Ross. Fuck, Jonathan Ross is on there. Okay, yeah, Jonathan Ross. <laughs> <laughs> He's the big oh, name peeking out us. Wait, uh, incredibly famous um, national treasure, Jonathan Ross, was a coup. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was living in France. <laughs> I sound like such a twat. Uh, Whereabouts in France? I took a nap. South of France, my parents have a, a house there. It sounds Ooh. like a castle. It's not a castle. It's like, it's a it's like three shoe boxes <laughs> on top of each other. It's a great thing to have, but don't think of me as like little Lord Fulteroy. <laughs> um, and I f took a nap in the day because it's too hot in the day. And when I woke up, I'd been added to this WhatsApp group called Feminists Who Watch Love Island. And it was like 500 <laughs> like British women, but like famous people being like, hi, Raven, welcome to the group. And one of them was Lena Dunham. It was loads of people, like Richard Curtis, Jonathan Ross was in there, like loads and loads and loads of people. And then we would all watch Love Island and do, it was like private Twitter for Love Island people. And Surely we like, that should be transcribed into a book. A hundred percent. And what's really good about that is you don't, like in, in the opposite of writing a book or a column, you just have to do one good line a night. And you're like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> and everyone's laughing and you're like phone down don't, don't over egg it yeah. don't let it go to your head let it go uh, so I yeah I was living in France used all my data watching Love Island every night it was great great summer what? did you ever have a miss like in that group chat did you ever put one in and it's just like falls flat and you're like fuck yeah mm, did I I'm gonna say yeah just to make it sound like I, I'm a well-rounded person <laughs> No, never miss. I never miss. I think I also just, yeah. It was a great group. It was chaos. Could you re only, it? It only comes back when like something tragic happens in relation to Love Island. People are like, right. gosh, that was really sad. Well, we're like, you yeah, do. that was sad. You should 
put our episode of the podcast uh, in the in the in feed. Oh, guys, people that... do put stuff in the feed. No, it's cute. I mean, Catherine Ryan's in there. Like people that I would never have any contact with yeah. now are like, oh, Raven's really funny about love. Like, <laughs> that, that great summer four years ago, Raven was quite funny. I'm like, yeah, sure. Is that your it. favorite reality TV show then? Yeah. What? I've, well, the thing is, I've stopped. I would say I don't like reality TV, but that summer. I watched a couple of episodes of the new series and then I binged Love Island from the beginning up into the new series. So I watched about 400 episodes and I was like, just Googling veneers, basically. By the end of it. <laughs> I was like, I could always be hotter. <laughs> okay, I got an email the other day for Danny. Yeah. Um, from, um, to go on Love Island. No, I, no we, I, we know someone's a producer for it. And uh, she yeah. was like, yeah, mate, mate. Why are maybe. you looking at him like that? <laughs> I couldn't put him <laughs> on the side of a No, yeah. No, no another it, piece it was, of um, meat. It was a uh, like Medi Airlines, and I was like, "Oh, is this like they're a charity where you know they go like beyond borders, all this stuff?" Yeah. No, they wanted to influence the way they fly out to Turkey, do his teeth. And- no. Oh god! Oh. Yeah. Something you're gonna and say yet. about? Um- yeah. So. You Danny's just, gonna be off the podcast for a few weeks. Lol. <laughs> He's gonna come back with a brand new hairline. <laughs> I fucking wish. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, ah. <laughs> that's what you're gonna say about uh, After Sun. No, they that, wanted me to present Love Island After Sun. Yeah. So what stopped you? I'd never seen the program before, and I was like, "That's not and, uh, relevant." Fucking horrendous. Say yes yeah, to everything for two years. Do yeah, you not I mean, honestly, I would actually took it into three years because at the end of two years, I was like, "I'm still not sure what I want to do." Yeah. Off topic. Okay. But what I just kind of it's while we're saying about the columns. Yeah. When you write about food and nights out, do you do it like a mystery shopper where it's they don't know you're coming or do you kind of plan it where you get the full VIP service? When I did that first column, no one knew who I was. So I was essentially a mystery shopper, a civilian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then now, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. I think you get weird service if they know that you're doing. That's what I mean. Like, so try to try to avoid that people knowing that I'm going to write about it. Yeah. But I would never, re- I don't know if I would ever pan somewhere. It's not really, that's not really, it's not really my thing is to like take something down. I'd just rather just not talk about it. So I feel yeah. like, ba- like I've got the book of like Jay Rayner bad reviews and it's so good. He's literally just like, it's like eating shoe leather. But then <laughs> you don't really, like people in, who work in film don't slag off films because then films stop getting made. Like it's sort yeah. of like... Yeah, makes it's sense. Tricky. It's a bit tricky to just like pan stuff. Yeah. So try and just say what I like about something. What was the best restaurant you've been to recently then? Maybe around and here. I, I only ever see you in one restaurant actually. What is it? Campbell Arms. Oh, okay, so- fine. <laughs> I love the Campbell Arms. Oh God, I love the Campbell Arms. Sitting at the bar. It is the best. It's the best. It's good food. It's the most delicious. I like Crovardis a lot. I like Rita's. A bit too much. I had my book launch there, so I'm biased. Where else? I went to Hunan, which is like, well, it's a provenance in China, but it's like a tasting menu, 14 little dishes. (laughs) (laughs) And they just say vegetarian, pescatarian, spicy or not. And then you just don't know what's coming until they put it down. It's quite fun. I read that. Yeah, I like that a lot. What? Are your buying habits? We've said about like who are the brands that you're wearing at the moment, but are you online? Are you in store? Are you purely gifting? Oh, not purely gifting. Are you, are, you, are you buying often, like? Uh, yeah, I really do like to buy new clothes. Is this uh, in person or online? 
online. I just love a, ni- a nice new shirt. The thing is, I've got I've got a real classic taste for like shoes and trousers. So I have like a thousand pairs of black leather shoes, and I have blue denim jeans, straight leg blue trousers, straight leg black trousers from Acne. It's like a Simpsons wardrobe. I have a, a, like a an cartoon. eBay alert so that I can just replace them so, because they're, they're discontinued. And I dance too much, and they're crotches are just gone in all of my trousers my husband's like how have you done it again and i was like oh well when you do the splits <laughs> well, what's that a video of like you and the fucking that thingy was is it penny whistle penny oh, whistle yes. richard's on the fucking uh, yeah yeah that was a great day i love a penny whistle i was doing squats with a penny yeah, whistle yeah that was a great night Day. Iconic. Day. Day. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't really fuck with trousers that much. And then I yeah. like to really mix it up with like different shirts. And then I get scared that I'm like a jazzy shirt guy. And then I try and get a bit more minimal shirts in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm really like, I don't know. It's all part of the same thing. The house, the clothes, the writing. It's all just like this compulsive chaos. It's like compulsive self-expression. It's all just yeah. part of that. And I just can't not be like... How do, how, oh, I just love, actually, what I love is a story. So something with a story is really exciting to me. I mean, I guess it kind of leads on perfectly oh! to, to <laughs> if, uh, theoretically, your house is on fire, you can yeah. save one item of clothing from your wardrobe, <gasps> what would it be oh and why? Oh my fucking God. Imagine losing your whole wardrobe, though. <laughs> my green Bodie shirt has served me so well. Whenever I'm like, what am I going to wear? Yeah. It's on. And I feel great. And I don't think... It's a, one of those real no-brainer ones. It's just silly enough. It's just well-cut enough. Yeah. And it's like beach, lunch, dinner, drinks, clubbing. Yeah. Does the work. Six all boxes. Yeah. What about your... Uh, the puffer that I like? Your blue one? Which oh, that? Beams Plus puffer. Plus one, yeah. Love that. Yeah, very solid. I wouldn't want to see that burn. <laughs> very hard to get it cleaned, though. <laughs> Very hard to get it cleaned. But, they were yeah. like, we're going to have to send this away for six weeks. And I was like, I'll just wear it dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Febreze, actually. That works in a few minutes. <laughs> but I guess Imagine losing all your clothes. Because it's uh, not even like... There's so much there that like, is irreplaceable. It's not like I could just buy it again. Yeah. It's just, it exists only in my mind. <laughs> That's the woman from Titanic, by the way. So luckily, your oh. house isn't burning down, mm-hmm. as far as we're aware. Yeah. But you have been working on it. For years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. Career transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you follow me when it was, when I was just living in it before we did anything up? And I, I think had so. kicked down walls? I think I was about six, seven years ago when it was, I was just living in this like echoey, <laughs> dusty room. And now you're to the point where you're literally paint you're there almost the last yeah, drops going on i can smell the finish the red ribbon i'm yeah. about to cut the ribbon yeah how, how important is that house aesthetic to you oh and how would you describe the aesthetic as well for me it's always like how uh, interesting and different can this be without feeling dickheady that's true for <laughs> literally everything <laughs> i do this is, this is like oh oh but Dick, not dickhead dickheadant yeah. It's like dickhead and decadent. Yeah, but it's yeah. not dickheadence. Dickheadence. It's a bit like I don't want I don't want stupid stuff. Yeah. But I want it to be like not like other people have. Yeah. I want it to feel like signature but not silly. It's a really fine line and I actually like things. It's difficult because I, I buy a lot of new stuff, but I I kind of like stuff that's like lived in. Yeah. And like, you can't really just decorate a room and then have it be done. That to me is like the, my worst nightmare. It has to be like lived in. Yeah. You have to add a bit more crap. And I'm always balancing like, it's the same with how I dress, like old, new, fun, 
sensible. I'm always like, jug- it's like a Venn diagram of lots of different stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, I really love your bathroom. Yep. Tiny little mirror, green. Uh-huh. Did you say, what was it? If you show me, <laughs> a, if you show me a receipt yeah. that you bought the book, I'll yeah. give you the color code. Yeah, of the and thing. I sent it to every single person that's sent me a receipt of the book. Every single Can I one. <laughs> yeah, nice. I can't say it on the pod. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> Actually, I did. Yeah, okay. I once posted what the green was, and then but people I, still ask I all the time. You, didn't you post it the other day? No, I'd never. Oh, okay. Never. Okay. <laughs> because it literally sells books for me. <laughs> It's so silly. It's a great colour. We got the colour cards. They could be any shape or size. (laughs) Um, And it was like all these nice colours. And then there's this like kind of, it's kind of like the poo you do when you've got food poisoning. (laughs) My husband and I were like, oh, it's that one. We didn't even paint swatches. We just bought it. We didn't even try it out. We were like, it's that green. And it just went everywhere. So they're they're back now. I've got tradies. I've got wall-to-wall tradies, which makes being at home impossible. You can't watch any Love Island when someone's like, so what about this skirting board? And I was like, <laughs> I thought we talked about this when I briefed you this morning. I can't do this all day. Nearly everything is done. So it's it. like so close and it's so nice. And it's when it's gone into, it goes into chaos every time you get people to come in and do stuff. So like all of our clothes are in the bath. The logistics make you go insane. Yeah. So you have to move everything out of the loft Get the loft boarded, move everything into the loft, get all the floors done, move everything back into the yeah. room. It's like that kind of stuff is just like, just me and my husband being like, there's a kind of hierarchy in my family of like, who's got the most common sense. So it's like my stepdad's like, he knows best. And then my mum, when he's not there, my mum knows best. And when they're not there, my husband's like, you're impossible. <laughs> I'm like, but, I, but I've thought about this for 15 minutes, very rigorously, and this is what we should do. And he's yeah. like, cool. Have you crafted yourself like the perfect writing room then? No, so I can't write at home essentially because there's holes in the floor. There's been holes in the floor. It's never been a very good place to write. So I have a a writer's room in London's swinging Soho. (laughs) (laughs) It's in like a block. It's above the Windmill Theatre, the one from Mrs. Henderson represents that didn't get knocked down in the war. So I've got a tiny room above there where I just sit and I can see a little bit of building. I can see into hotel rooms and I've I've been there for four years and I've never seen anyone shagging yet because every time okay what's funny is that people whenever people a couple come into the ha- hotel room they just both just get on the bed and go on their phones and I was like shit that's what I do <laughs> you're like oh we're here I feel like this is a great photography series you can bring back the old yeah, UAR yeah, days I know I know it's so funny never crazy um, so I'm, I'm there as much as I can be and I normally find if I don't have something that I need to write it, what what's good about it is when you want to go home you finish your work yeah. that's yeah. actually it I'm like I really want to go home. <laughs> yeah. So that for me is good. Well, what makes a great writing room? Like, I know you're saying it's soundproof, but is it just no distractions or is it quite creative where there's lots of inspiration? It's got nothing in it, which is shit, but I don't, I don't know, because it feels like so jammy that I have it. It's not expensive and it's literally in the heart of Soho. I always feel like not permanent. I'm always like, yeah, might have to grab all this and run anytime. <laughs> So it's not quite, it's literally just white. I was like, can I paint it? And they were like, yeah. And then I just didn't. Yeah. What color would be the perfect writing room? Because your kitchen like, is, is it red floor, yellow wall? Or oh, yellow floor, red wall? The kitchen is mustard. Yeah. Ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, everything has a story. That's, like there is no like, 
let's just pick a colour. I'm like, I think it should be mustard. I love mustard. Yeah. You like mustard, don't you, darling? He's like, uh huh. <laughs> pick a colour. Uh, it's really difficult. Yeah. So for me, every room has to be like, I go on that journey with every single one. Yeah. Like the, in the front room, which I don't post because it's embargoed because I'm hoping that someone will come and shoot my house properly. Oh. Uh, I was really after Prada Green and I was like, yeah. I need Prada Green. Someone, does anyone know this colour? And some set designer who worked on one of their shoots had the green. And we put it up on the wall and I was like, it's not working. <laughs> we had those swatches. And now we have a similar green, but yeah. like, it just wasn't, Prada green is not livable, really. It's yeah. a little bit acidic. <laughs> anyway, that's, aren't you glad that I'm like obsessed with every single stupid thing I do? But right? I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you are as well though, because it's like, I'm surprised you haven't called him a nerd yet. We always say yeah. that on this podcast, the best guests are nerdy in some capacity. Mm. Like you have to be a nerd to really have the passion for stuff. Yeah. But that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, um, I got you really nerdy about it uh, because I was going to say if your house is on fire, what one item of furniture would you keep? Oh, yeah, that's really difficult because some of my favourite things, like my sofa I love because it's like the kind of sofa that Princess Margaret would wake up and smoke a cigarette on in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I can replace that. I really like my table in my dining front room because... It's like a big square table and I wanted it to look like a Hockney pool and I got it sprayed high gloss blue. So it's like a pool in the middle of the room. But again, I could replace that too. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. Because I could do that again. I don't know. I I would hate to lose like like my old magazines from when I was reading them from when I was like 14. Yeah. The things that got me into flat caps. I would (laughs) hate to see them gone. With the book, Men Launching in America, are you going to have to go over there for a press tour? I wouldn't say a press tour. <laughs> I will go over. Yeah. Are you going to go over there to shake hands, kiss yeah, babies? I think, I think, yeah. Shake babies and kiss hands. Yeah, they don't. Um, I don't think they're going to put me on like a greyhound train around the country. I don't think it quite works <laughs> like that. But I think I will be in New York meeting actual press people and doing in live chats. Amazing. That's exciting. Yeah. And then what? what's the next plan for you? Are you th- already thinking about the next book or could we sort of like pivot it into television? Oh, no, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think we get enough <laughs> Raven, Raven on TV. I would agree. Tell the TV people that. Uh, <laughs> what is my real dream? I, I don't know. I think that we'd like with the Vogue column, one day I was like, this is what I want. I wanted that Vogue column. And then I was just like, I emailed the editor that I had met and saying, oh, I think I should do Vogue column. She was like, no, we don't really need that. And I was like... I think you do. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need news. You need someone the day after the news to be like, let's just gather all the what top- that was. Yeah. And then I DM'd both the two people that work for her being like, I've just pitched to your editor that I should do a column. They're like, what a great idea. And I was like, tell her that. Tell her that. <laughs> uh, and I think at the moment I'm fucking desperate for a, like a late night TV show. Like I want Sick. one so badly. Yeah. I want to do a monologue of the week and then I want to meet with someone and have a chat. Sounds about what good. they're up to but so that is in my head all the time at the moment so you've got, got to bump this geezer off basically I know Jonathan I'm coming <laughs> for you <laughs> chatty man watch out <laughs> it's not I mean I think the thing is I am a child of like the 90s and I have really 90s aspirations like I want to live in a Victorian house that's like silly and fun and I want to be on like terrestrial TV and I actually yeah. don't think that is how the patterns are built anymore. I just don't think that's how it works. Yeah. So I'd be much better off doing a late night podcast. That would probably get me further 
sooner. But it is weird. <laughs> but our, I still have our aspirations, that, aspirations is from still very watching millennial. Red Nose Day and being like, I want to be like Lenny Henry. I want to wear a red suit and make people laugh <laughs> and make money for charity. <laughs> like that's like that was my dream when I was a kid. When you've done, when you've bought the book out, have you gone on TV to promote it? I did a couple of things with Sky which is quite fun. It's really fun doing TV. I mean, it's really fun. It's all really fun. I wish there was more of it. So when I, like, when I did the live stream from the Fashion Awards, when we were meeting people on the red carpet, on the red carpet yeah. it was great. And I was just like, just the buzz of it is like, you just want, I just want more of that yeah. at the moment. Who's your favourite person to uh, interview? Oh, on the red carpet? Yeah. Or just, yeah. I don't know. My channel was both. great. Go on the red carpet and just in general. Well, I don't do that many celebrity interviews that have come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, Maya Jama was great on the red carpet. Who else was good? Uh, Rita Ora was, because she was wearing that, she had no eyebrows and they were like, <laughs> like she'd come out of, on purpose. <laughs> Someone had flamethrown her. She's on the in red house on fire. To us, yeah. uh, and it was like, under, under the sea, water babies makeup. That was cool. People just, I think the thing is, everyone's just like, are you cold? And I was like, yeah, but that's not why we're here. <laughs> and the favourite person in general that you've, Interviewed. Ah, uh, Ismaia French was fucking great. Do you know Ismaia French? I don't think I do. She's makeup a makeup artist. artist, a really huge makeup artist, and now she works with By Radar. She's done a load of stuff for Mac. She brought out her own makeup range. Looks like dicks. Yeah. Oh right, like yeah, lipstick. That. Yeah. Uh, so I met her just as she was going in at Days Digit, Days Beauty, or she had, had just got a yeah. new big job, and I interviewed her for Zero Thirty Two C, and she was. We just sat at her house talking about like macabre beauty. It was fucking great. <laughs> ah! And then her last line was like, "Yeah, I believe in all this like really dark stuff, but obviously sometimes my job is to just sell you an eyeliner." And I was like, "That is it. That's who we are." Do you think people over intellectualize things? in this industry you just I think the thing is it's really scary when people are really jaded it's really scary when they seem like they don't fucking care and I, I, I just don't want to get to that but I'm really lucky in that I have a lot of strings to my bow it's not like yeah. I only write and chat it's like I get to do lots of different I just did a campaign for Brown Thomas so it's like oh yeah congrats the mix is, ex is still exciting to me new yeah. stuff is always really exciting and lots of new stuff does seem to be coming in you talked about podcasts earlier. Yeah. And what America does really well with things like Vulture is weekly post-TV recaps and yeah. like breakdowns. Now, I think right at the moment, you're known for succession. But I feel like that's like a space where there's not a uh, British commentary on it. There is. <laughs> there is, right? Not in the podcast world. I feel it's so American heavy. The thing is... As you two both probably know, podcasts are quite hard work if you're not the guest. <laughs> but that's why I feel so like Vogue, it's a bit like you need to get one that you need to get one of the, the Vogues to be just you just turn up, yeah. you, say, you say your piece and you leave, and they can deal with everything else. Yeah, I mean Vogue, American Vogue. My colleagues there have like a great weekly podcast. I think the thing is Succession. The things with Succession is loads of us are obsessed with it, but I can see all the people tweeting that are like, shut up. <laughs> shut up about it raven and i'm like oh yeah i see you too <laughs> i've loved it i just actually just did a writer's room so working on a new tv show and i was like oh like i said i love to do new things and it's just like it's really great to watch a show knowing how shows are made from the ground up yeah. knowing how people are like that's funny say more and you're like oh that's how they've made this show yeah um, so it hasn't ruined that experience for you where you're like oh, no, no, I know no. that's taken 14 people 14 days because it, the room was quite casual I didn't actually have to do any typing 
It was like blah, 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 for seven hours a day, and then I just <laughs> shut my laptop and was free. It's completely different to anything else I've ever done because most things just carry, like a book is like you shut the laptop and it's just living in your head. <laughs> You've missed a line. Is it even funny, Rafe? No one wants to hear this. You get that a lot with the book. Uh, so, and, but I would just I'd do a writer's room again in a heartbeat. It's really fun to just be with people who are trying to make you everything more funny. Yeah. It's really fun. It's constantly pushing each other then, I think. Yeah, and it was also kind of not just funny, but like the show is about getting over trauma. So people like, it's very like men, basically talking about how like everything that's happened to you makes you who you are. And that's good. And that's really funny at times. I'm really shit at times and like really intense and actually can be very throwaway too <laughs> can feel very throwaway so you're moving into tv but what is the future mm. of like oh no i mean sure, Maybe. Yeah. sure. <laughs> you heard it here first yeah. <laughs> you're taking jonathan ross's job yeah you know you're writing you're taking lena dunham's job um <laughs> but what is the future of journalism what's the future of journalism well because you know you brought up two prints like two tangible things yeah. which is you know it's not an easy task what's nowadays. difficult is how few people read books yeah that's really shit um, because as we have democratized the internet, we've devalued pictures and words. Yeah. People just don't care. People just don't want to pay for them. Uh, so that's quite difficult. But they, it certainly feels like core to who I am. I think when you're with, when I'm with book people, it's just like it's heaven because you just all understand how awful it is to have to <laughs> to go through it and to come out the other side of it. I think the future journalism, I'm assuming there will be more people just doing it on their own yeah. that you follow yeah. rather than broadcasters. Like, I, I don't know. Do you, like, do you sign like up to like newsletters or substacks or anything like that? Is that something that's ever caught people's yeah. interest? Well, I like the Tea Magazine, six, they do six, the six things you should you you need this week that's pretty good what other ones am i signed up to a couple of like financial ones oh, okay <laughs> succession rubbing off yeah there was a one with camille and she and she was just saying how much she earns a year and i was like wow <laughs> i mean both like wow that's loads and wow that's not enough like it's, you know when you hear when some because people just don't say what they earn in a year so yeah. i was like wow should it be more or wow that's a lot <laughs> uh I don't know what the future is. It's really difficult because I think people... I don't know what people actually want. I'm very happy. I just like a trusted news source and I'll never give up my like New York Times alerts for yeah. love or money. i never give them up. Nice. Well, on fashion, we have two more questions. Okay. So, the second to last one. Mm-hmm. What are the brands or trends that you're excited about? Because obviously being surrounded by fashion, you must see stuff before it gets big and as you know, like mm. ahead of the curve. Like... Are there some brands that you're like, these aren't getting enough credit? Such a good question. Prada. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Our Legacy hasn't been mentioned yet. But they're, they're blown up. Yeah. 100%. I was like, wait. No, it's because it gets mentioned every went. single fucking oh, part. Oh, does it? Yeah. My early Our Legacy stuff is great. I've got t- the t-shirt with like the roses and it looks like bullet holes. It looks like you've uh, been yeah. shot, but it's yeah. yeah. First collection. <clears throat> um... <laughs> I don't know who's... Bl- I, I really am bad at, like, remembering things without my phone in my hand. That's yeah. what I've ruined in my own yeah. life. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I like, Yeah. Wait, I've got about 40 screen grabs of brands I like. But, yeah. I don't know. So it's just... Yeah, fuck knows. It's really difficult. <laughs> uh, but do you know that guy? Who's who's the guy, Christopher, who's a um, Nanushka higher up? He does a roundup, like, every couple of weeks of, like, what new brands are kicking he used to be a high snob and he does a really great roundup of like what's hot to trot so yeah. you should follow him for that yeah <laughs> steal all the info from there yeah um and then for the last question before we go to our bonus content where yeah. for me i'm really excited about it because it's basically like what do you like yeah. yeah um but 
if you're going to be immortalized Ooh. in one outfit, so grail <gasps> outfit, what would that be? It has to be my Adidas because they are iconic. <laughs> has to be my thousand white. pairs of leather shoes. White. Anyway, your Adidas. Oh yeah, but I love my Gucci clogs so yeah. much. But you have to walk with your toes like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like not. It's bad for your legs after a wedding. Uh, <laughs> white socks from Uniqlo, acne trousers, and then the shirt. Oh, that's so difficult. I don't know. Yeah, totally I wouldn't be immortalised in a body. I wouldn't want to be immortalised in it. Yeah, I feel like you are the king of the camp collar. Oh, I am. There is a shirt that I got from a charity shop when I was like at university and it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been patched up about 40,000 times. I'd probably get buried in that. Is it buried in? Or no, no like as if it's like digital. So like if, <laughs> if we went digital, so, like your the, avatar so the smell doesn't matter, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So like Richard Beadle said, well, he said both the suit that Mick Jagger got married in or a PVC gimp suit. Like it can be anything. Oh, interesting. So it's one outfit for the rest of your life, but fucking anything. Well, I had this picture of these two like B-boys in the first issue of The Face. They're wearing sunglasses, berets, black vests, white t-shirt, grey slacks and like dancing shoes. They look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this full circle moment from your worst fit, which is your big <laughs> yeah. well. Was your interpretation? No, my worst. I mean, the white flat cap was. It was pre Will Young, so oh, I feel like that's okay. Up. Yeah, good <laughs> lord. And on that note, it's been a pleasure on a parting hard with you, Raven. Uh, we are going to take this over to the bonus content. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Anyone else want to say bye? Bye. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Bye. <laughs>